Hello and welcome to episode 1039 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, April 12th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, good sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well. We got a full slate and we got not a ton of time to get into it. So let's talk about some baseball. Uh, let's start with some injury news. It's not great. Uh, when you saw four runs put up by Oakland immediately, I don't know if you're like me and you're instantly like, no, 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 no. What's going on? Luis Patino getting smoked. You might have been better off with him getting smoked because it's actually worse. He's hurt and he's going to the IL yeah. with an oblique strain. And we know how those can be, Justin. We always we always fret when it's the, the dreaded oblique strain. In fact, we're going to get to another oblique strain here in just a moment who also went on the IL. Here's the thing, though, with Luis Patino, and I know you've got him in a lot of spots, so you're super lamenting this one. If you only have, say, one IL spot, maybe two, are you cutting him in, in shallower leagues, 10s and 12s? So in my Barf League team, I have now lost my f- top five starters and both my closers. What? Uh, Did you yes. draft any injured guys? No, that doesn't that sounds I, like they all I, been hurt. Yes, I, I did not draft a single injured player. Um, oh my god, dude. So and Luis Patino was number five. Um that's a disaster, man. It's it's unreal. Uh most of my teams have been very injury, you know, free, right? Um but yeah, I'm uh I've got Patino in five leagues. Uh they're all fab leagues, they're all important leagues. Uh so this is um a real bummer. I'm kind of waiting on the news to kind of see like are the because I don't know if you saw the video um, from it. I did uh, not. When I when I originally saw the injury, I was really worried about the shoulder because the shoulder was an issue. Yes. In spring training, and he was like, he like instantly doubles over in pain. Um, like usually so with like these panic instantly. Yeah, because usually with these oblique injuries, it's like you know they just walk off the mound or or in between innings like, yeah and just a little um, like, ah, trying to stretch it out type of but deal he, like he like you know you know kind of crouches down is in a ton of pain um you know obviously you know typically these injuries are four to six weeks uh i you know i think in 10 and 12 team leagues he's a pretty easy cut yeah i think patino um, you know he's already already scantily owned uh, in such leagues, 15 at Yahoo, 11% at ESPN. So he was already kind of a spec play. What are you doing in 15s? What are you doing in the NFBC where you only have the seven reserves? He's probably going to be a cut for me in bar for sure. Where like, That's a 15-teamer, and you're getting uh, decimated, right? Yeah, I mean, I've already had to uh, drop another guy uh, that I drafted fairly highly. Um, I'm probably going to have to drop him because i mean i've also got you know lance lynn and chris sale um mm-hmm. dylan floro uh luis urias like a team is just decimated with injuries that um, is brutal like i said you know I, I didn't draft any injuries this is just these um, all just happened yeah just I, all happened i think i'm moving on like i think even mm-hmm. in 15 teamers and we're gonna get into so many guys that pitched well on tuesday we kind of got blessed here or on monday we got blessed with a really strong slate of mid-tier and low-tier guys who are going to be available so we can get into a lot of those guys and i'll ask you a lot on you know patino or that guy when we get to them but let's get into the other news another guy left early taiwan walker after two really strong innings he yeah. was looking good shoulder irritation they're going with the old precautionary measure, 
which I, I, I appreciate the optimism and, and downplaying it. How do you not be worried about Taiwan Walker, though? It was two perfect innings with four strikeouts, uh, but color me concerned on this for sure. Yeah, I mean, he was rolling. He looked really, really good, and then all of a sudden he wasn't there. Um, yeah, I mean, this is super uh, super disappointing and because he was pitching so well, but also kind of this is who he is, right? I mean, of course, unfortunately. Yeah, especially on the Mets, so. And he's dealing with lower body, a knee issue earlier a issue, from the surgically yeah. repaired knee, and now a shoulder. And so the shoulder's you, much more scary. Of course. And don't make a move until we figure it out. Maybe it, you know, just because I'm I kind of uh pointed out that they're playing it softly. I'm trying to catch a fly out of midair, by the way, in case you're wondering <laughs> what I'm grabbing at. I got it. Wow. Yeah. But he wasn't a very karate kid of you. So he got he got out though. But I, it wasn't oh. my hand. I swear to God. So I didn't actually kill it. Um, anyway, he's make sure you go MRI. back and watch the video if you're listening. Ta- Taiwan Walker <laughs> will undergo an MRI. Uh, we'll see what's up with it. Obviously, if he goes on the IL, I think he's just as much of a cut as Patino. Do you agree with yeah. Taiwan Walker? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay. you want to be patient because I mean, we see that we saw this this week with Blake Snell, where like. Blake Snell originally was still like he's, possibly going to start. He's going on the IL and now he's going to throw a bullpen today and see, you know, make, you know, I sat him in all my leagues. Anyways, just in case, because I didn't sure. want to be zero. But, um, you know, just be patient on these kind of decisions because you never really know how they're going to play themselves out. Exactly. If you're in a daily league, maybe hang on to Walker right now if you really like him and at least wait to see the news. But otherwise, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have news by Sunday for the leagues that are weekly and you can make your decision on Taiwan Walker. Uh, Lucas Giolito with his oblique and AJ Pollock with his hammy officially IL'd by the White Sox. I think both of these were expected. Um, you got to hold both these guys, right? Yeah. We Giolito, talked about, obviously. Yeah. We talked about this on, uh, on Sunday. Um, but yeah, you, you obviously got to hold Giolito. If you're in a 10 or 12 um, and for some reason have Pollock on your roster, I don't have a problem moving on. Okay. Um, as much as he's got great talent and he was leading off, uh, you know, a little bit in, uh, in Chicago. Um, I don't think he's the kind of guy that you need to hold on to your roster if you don't have an IL spot. Sure. So. I, I, th- I think that's fair. You know, um, outfields and in tens and twelves, you're talking generally three, uh, three outfielders. Anyway, there's going to be a lot of guys. And so I totally get going out and, and moving on from Pollock right now based off of this hamstring injury. Interesting little bit of news that was kind of floating around, and it was not really coming from bigger website or bigger Twitter accounts. So I was like, is this real? But then I guess it's been substantiated that uh, the White Sox rejected an Andrew Vaughn for Frankie Montas offer. How did that hit your ear when you heard about that? This is the first time I'm hearing about it. So, oh, okay. Um, uh, I mean, there's part of me. It's like, oh, the White Sox are built to win now. Go in now. You you need help in the rotation. You've just lost Giolito and Lynn. Um, you know, but at the same time, like they're in a division, they might be able to just tread water at in until these guys get back, and then they'll be loaded again in in the rotation. And they've got Ronaldo Lopez and Dallas Keuchel that they, that can be serviceable until Vince these Velasquez guys get back. Starting today, can Ethan Katz yeah. pull some magic with him? <laughs> I know, I know. So, I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you know, they've got got some guys that they can. Yeah, I mean, you a year ago of... we were talking about Vaughn is a top five prospect in baseball. So mm-hmm. I get, and you know, and and Jose Abreu is a free agent after this year. He slides perfectly into first base. So I, I, I can that. understand. 
Yeah, I can understand not wanting to do this. And he's looked good so far. Yeah, got um, a couple of homers. Gavin Sheets starting over him today. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand that. Oh, never mind, never mind, never mind. No, no, they're facing a righty. Matt Brash is a righty. Uh, I was going to say because they're facing lefty. No, it's it, Gavin Sheets lefty against Matt Brash righty. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I really like Andrew Vaughn. And I love Montas too. You know that I wouldn't do this either. So I don't blame yeah. the White Sox for saying no. It's interesting that this is what the A's asked for for Montas after what they got for Manaya. Well, extra year of service. Still, that's a huge that that's a lot more than extra year of service. This is why Montas has not been traded, if this is what they're asking for. Well, Ask high. I, I don't blame. I don't blame the White Sox yeah, for asking. Yeah. Or I mean, the the A's for asking. I, I don't either. I don't. You know, but this is this explains why no. Montas is still on the A's. Well, also because they're not motivated to do it immediately because they have that extra year, so they know that mm-hmm. they can wait. All yeah. right, let's talk about some standout starters here and get your read on on where you're at as far as picking them up. These guys are available in a lot of formats: tens and twelves, almost universally, fifteens. Uh, quite a bit as well. Let's start with Nick Martinez. He had some preseason buzz as a sleeper coming back from Japan. This is the same Nick Martinez that you are familiar with from Texas. Uh, if, if that name rings a bell. Yep. Very same guy who was a soft tosser who couldn't, uh, who couldn't strike us out. You know, he had a literally 13% strikeout rate in 415 innings uh, prior to uh, leaving and going over to Japan for four seasons. Comes back. And got a little extra velo. It's up about a mile. And big strikeout rate so far. Five innings, of course, so we're not freaking out. But it was a really nice start against the Giants. Five innings, five hits, a run, a walk, and six strikeouts with a 15% swinging strike rate and 39% called strike plus whiff rate, which was the best of the day if you put Taiwan Walker and Luis Patino to the side because of their injury-shortened starts. What do you think of Nick Martinez dicing up your boys? <laughs> it's, it's, you know, hard because I've got Martinez in a lot of spots. Um, uh, at the same time, uh, you know, you never want to see your team get diced up. And Alex Wood was pitching well, and then kind of fell apart towards the end. At the end, like you said, uh, and uh, of course, neither qualified for a win because um, uh, the Padres bullpen. Uh, uh, blew it before well, Martinez qualified. Getting... He had five, but uh, like they, but he, he yeah, the, the they, they, blew they it, took so. him, they took the win away from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martinez was really, really impressive. He got in a little bit of trouble, uh, early on in the game, um, you know, uh, allowing kind of some, some soft hits and stuff, and uh, but came back and really in the last three innings of his outing was pretty dominant. Um, and I'm sure some people are gonna be like, oh, well, it's the Giants. Their offense doesn't seem to be nearly as good. Um, I, 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 I saw that on Twitter. Oh, um, I disagree with that. Uh, but, uh, he was really, really impressive Four pitch mix. All of his pitches had at least a 33% uh, CSW. Um, nice. he, he mixed them really, really well. Uh, uh, Austin Nola did a really, really good job calling that game. Um, yeah, this is super, super encouraging. If he's still available on your waiver wire, he's one of my top kind of pickups. There's another guy on this list uh, I put right there with him. Um, but I, I like Nick Martinez a ton. Yeah, I got Nick Martinez as somebody who has 12-team viability right now and, and somebody to keep a close eye on in 10-teamers. You know, these guys that have big Monday starts, in a lot of cases they're going to get a weekend start as well, which if they do well on that start, obviously the price is going to be sky high on the Sunday on the Sunday bidding, 
Uh, but if if it's a mediocre or even bad start on that second time around, you know, the price will come back down. He gets a start against Atlanta. If he goes at San Francisco home to Atlanta, puts up two gems, Nick Martinez is going to cost a pretty penny. But I'm not so sure that I'm not willing to pay it. By the way, I did say his velo is up a mile an hour. That is relative to his entire major league sample from 2014 to 2017 yeah. where he threw 91 it was actually pretty much in line with his 2017 velo of 92.5 he was at 92.7 yesterday uh with his at the beginning ball. of the season though so i mean guys yeah. tend to gain as the season goes immediately on, so. immediately up um, just a lot to like there with uh with the nick martinez outing michael lorenzen was another night outing that went very well and this one you will put a little bit of the opponent uh uh you know decline on it because it was against the Marlins. I don't really care though, to be honest, like I want to see guys pitch well and I'll, t I'll take it into consideration. Of course, the, the opponent that they're going against, but Michael Lorenzen is transitioning back to starting and he goes out and puts up 89 pitches, especially that's the thing too, is that they, he went six, so many guys going four or five, even guys that are, are proven starters. He goes out and throws 89 pitches, six innings that meant a lot to me. I don't care who that's against. Uh, seven strikeouts, two hits, only one run. It was a Jesus Sanchez homer, one of two for Sanchez. I was super impressed with Lorenz, and I was a big fan of his coming into the season. Didn't get him in my mains. Actually still available in both of them, though, too. I, he was a big-time D.C. guy for me, but seeing him go out, deal, game one, I'm excited. He will not get a second start because they're on a six-man, so mm -hmm. maybe out of sight, out of mind by the time. I mean, listen, he's not going to go for nothing in uh, uh, NFBC. No, I'm not, he's gonna be, I'm not he's, pretending that they're not going to. He's going to be expensive. Um, we'll see. He, I don't think he's going to be that expensive, to be honest. And I do think the fact that he's starting on Monday and then it's going to be all the way until Sunday – it will keep the price down a little bit. He will not be hidden, but I don't think he's going to be super expensive. I'm really excited about Michael Lorenzen, though. I am, too. Like, he, he was very impressive. Uh, there's definitely uh, some command issues uh, that were shown in that game um, within the zone that the Marlins just didn't take advantage of because it's the Marlins. Um, and I think that's where you look at kind of the quality competition, especially the amount of free swingers in that, uh, in that lineup. Um, but that being said, like, yeah, he was throwing four or five pitches, and, and they, they all look pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think there will be struggles, you know, this, you know, and I do worry, like, even with a six-man rotation, does he tire out at some point because he's being transitioned back into a starter? But for right now, I think you pick him up, you ride the hot streak. He does have Houston, I think, next, so you're yeah. probably not starting him. Houston on Monday. We'll um, see. Uh, Houston's yeah. difficult for sure. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens, and that could keep the price down too because it that won't could, be a yeah. two start next week either. Because again, the six man they only have six games. So if you had a two start, that would definitely pump up the price. But it's Houston for a one start. I think things are going to be down in the Michael Lorenzen market because uh, some of these other guys might uh, push up because they're going to get a second start over the weekend. Paul Blackburn was a lot more impressive than I thought. He was the counterpart to Luis Patino in that start. Never thought that he's he was the guy I'd be talking about with some big takeaways from his outing, and yet here we are. Velo is up two miles an hour for Blackburn. He's working multiple pitches, yeah, 12 swing strikes, seven strikeouts, curve and changeup were particularly sharp. I've got Blackburn on my watch list. He has a trip to Toronto this weekend, and obviously that how that goes will definitely depend, uh, will weigh heavily on how much he costs on Sunday. Uh, 
in a way, I'd be open to like a mediocre start, get that price back down. But if the velo is still there on Saturday and we're still seeing some swinging strikes from Paul Blackburn, I could see him being a pickup. I was impressed by this outing enough to at least put him on my watch list. What do you think about Paul Blackburn for the A's? Where the hell did this come from? I do not know. Um, Two miles. Yeah. Um, and I mean, in, in locating mm-hmm. uh, with it, like it wasn't like he was, you know, wild and they were just missing it. Uh, he located really well um, inside the zone, uh, especially. Uh, I was very impressed. And he's always been uh, a ground baller. So he, and, yeah. and he, kept, he kept that going too. And so. It's a fantastic park to pitch in. Um, yep. You know, it may not be. Uh, a very good team, and so the wins likely aren't going to be there uh, very often for them, except for when they like you know crazily score what seven or eight runs. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was very impressed. I'm definitely interested to see if the Velo is there on the next start um, uh, uh, before uh, dropping a bunch of money on Fab on him. But he, sure. he yeah, he's the other guy that, um, along with Nick Martinez, that I was like, ooh, okay, this this might actually be something worth kind of uh acting on uh with these uh these starters Matt manning opened up pretty well against boston only allowed one hit a homer to jd martinez didn't really have the dominance though so a lot of batted balls finding gloves with just two strikeouts and only six swinging strikes for matt manning uh but as somebody who, who watched a lot of matt manning starts last year i do take something from this it was nice he was mostly in command definitely had things go his way with the batted balls but it's not like he was getting pummeled around the yard and and just finding gloves i think there's a little something to take here against a quality opponent where matt manning uh was not get, getting absolutely torched i still need to see more swings and misses to be really excited but i did take a little something away from a six inning one run two strikeout zero walk one hit outing from uh, matt manning what'd you, what'd you see um i you know yeah he he definitely got a little bit of lucky a little bit lucky that the balls that were hit didn't fall for hits though i do think that part of that is the improved defense up the middle with javier baez who has been uh already like mid-season form in terms of defensively Mm -hmm. um so i definitely think that this is something that can be repeated i'd like to see some more strikeouts i mean two strikeouts in six innings just doesn't cut the mustard in most formats um but if you're in a deeper format and you're looking for guys who are actually going to be able to qualify for a win, in fact, he went six in this outing. It was a really, really good sign. Um, and, you know, there was no major blow up. He gave up the one home run that he just kind of left up in the zone. And to JD Martinez, too, you yeah. know. So I'm not too worried about that. Definitely somebody I'm keeping a close eye on uh, for this weekend as well, facing at KC. Could see a huge start from him on Saturday, and then the price goes through the roof, though. Yeah. You could Jameson- also see him lose it and, and just get crushed. So sure. like, uh, I, I definitely would stream it though. It's, it's, it's one yeah, if, if you can stream that start, definitely go get Matt Manning for the at KC. Jameson Tyon, a lot more available than you probably think based on the name value. 26% at Yahoo, 18% at ESPN. And he was right there toe-to-toe with Alec Manoa, pitching very well. Gave up a two-run homer to George Springer, but otherwise five hits, no walks, six strikeouts in five innings. 17% swinging strike rate was tied for the best on the day. Again, uh, putting aside Taiwan Walker's 27% mark in two innings, he was tied with Blackburn. So what do you think out of Jamison Tyon and how interested are you in him in shallower formats where he's available? In shallower formats, I love him because he is a guy that you just ride while he's healthy and then you kind of, you know, ditch him once he gets hurt. Um, he will get hurt. That's just Jamison Tyon. But, 
No, um, don't say that. I, I hope I'm wrong. I love it when yeah, he's healthy. Yeah, don't say that. Right now, right now he looks healthy and um, got a great start next week uh, or or later this week against the um, against the Orioles. So kudos to you guys. I know Rob Silver, you know, uh, said uh, uh, on Twitter today that like he just kind of held his nose for the Toronto start just so he could get the um, yeah uh, the the Orioles start it's later this week. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know that. Do that. I, I did not have those balls with Nestor Cortez Jr. So Oh you didn't? Um, no, I, I'm not starting him against uh Toronto. I just I absolutely would have taken the two um, step there. I, I maybe I, maybe I I'll regret it, days, but, but I'm I'm a little bit more conservative later. And I had a lot of guys who are on two Yeah, I go the so. other way. I'm a little bit more liberal in the early part of the season. I do the opposite so that way if I need to catch up, I can become more aggressive and take more shots later on. I want to pad my ratios early on. I mean, I do, but that's like, that's where the aggression is. I'm trying to pad them. Like, obviously I'm not expecting it to fail, but I think there's a lot more leeway because there's there. Obviously a, a start is a start regardless of, of when it goes the six innings, but obviously it's at the time that you have to make up for it. And so I'm definitely a bit, especially with guys I believe in, right? Cortez was mm -hmm. somebody I really liked. Um, I got sniped on him in our main um, I don't think Colin was really in on him, so I wasn't really suggesting that we take him in, in that one. He's really a DC guy for me. Uh, so I did start him there pretty easily. But yeah, I, I I loosen the reins a bit early on, thinking like if my breakouts are the guys that I think they are, then then I'm going to see some quality returns. And if not, I can kind of make up for it. So that's kind of how I go. By the way, you should start mentally ranking these guys because we got two more and I'm going to ask you to, to, okay. to rank them top to bottom. So Dylan Bundy was next. This one falls in the... Uh, don't get fooled by five scoreless innings, but kind of like, kind of like Matt Manning too. And I don't want to just be a homer and be excited about Matt Manning. Cause he's a tiger. Um, the reason I have a little bit of excitement from the Matt Manning one was because of how much he struggled last year. And I like to see him string some innings together, but it was still worrisome with that much contact. Same thing happened with Bundy five innings, one hit zero runs, one walk, two punches, 9% swinging strike rate, only a 24% called strike plus whiff. Same thing that Matt Manning had, 28% is league average. So neither were particularly dominant. Um, what do you think of Dylan Bundy? I think you've never – or you haven't really been much of a fan, so you're not going to be moved by this. No, right? no. And, I mean, the velocity still hasn't gone back to 90. where it was when he was good. So, um, yeah, no, I'm staying away. Like, he's bottom of the list for me. And they got a six-man, so no second start this weekend. Yeah for dylan bundy either taylor hearn now taylor hearn was one of those in-between guys because he did give up eight hits and there were some extra bases on there and so you could see some 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 smashes uh, there were some well-struck balls there but there were some positives to take from it as well because in those four innings that taylor hearn threw he only ended up giving up one run so he got out of the jams six strikeouts one walk Throwing 95, 96 with a 16% swinging strike rate and a 28% called strike plus whiff against the Rockies. Now it's Rocky Road, which Nick Paul termed for the Rockies when they come on the road because of how much worse they are. Um, but I wonder if their first game still has the same impact. I don't know. But either way, the easier opponent. But Taylor Hearn is somebody that I'm not worried about the opponent. I just want to see quality work. So solid four innings. Does this move the needle at all for you with Taylor Hearn from Texas? Uh, they are actually the worst of their road numbers come in their first two games. The immediate ones. Okay, yeah. that makes – so the, the so. transition is instant. That, mm -hmm. that checks out. That makes sense because yeah. you're immediately seeing the, the the ball be different, and then maybe they can get going five, six, seven mm -hmm. games into a road trip. Okay, that checks out. Yeah. 
So uh, I actually started Taylor Hearn in a few uh, few leagues uh, where either I streamed him or already had him on my DC roster, um, be- mostly because one he went deep into his last spring start, which I thought was a re- which was a re- really nice sign that he could potentially go deep enough in this one uh, to qualify for a win. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. he's, he's looked good in in spring, um, and uh, and it, of course it's then the Rockies in their first game away from from Coors, so. Um, I, I was impressed. Uh, I, you know, I mean, you know, f- uh, fastball breaking pitch are, were, were really, really nice. Um, I think they're going to be ups and downs, but I also think he's probably in this rotation, uh, moving forward. I, I just don't see anybody who's necessarily going to bump him out. Um, and the, uh, the Rangers seem to really like him. So, uh, Hearn's a guy that he's definitely like a deeper league team streamer. Certainly. Um, but uh, someone that shallower leaguers should put on their watch list and kind of see, especially as he builds himself up in terms of innings. Like if he continues to perform like this, he's going to have some value even in shallower formats. And start against the Angels on Saturday. If he does well again, I really think it's going mm-hmm. to add to the price because that'll be a quality team that he does well against. But uh, Taylor Hearn definitely caught my eye as well. Uh, interesting lefty there for Texas. All right, we're ranking them. We got seven guys here: Nick Martinez, Michael Lorenzen. Paul Blackburn, Matt Manning, Jamison Tyon, Dylan Bundy, and Taylor Hearn. Go ahead. I think I'm going Martinez, Blackburn, Lorenzen. Oh, no, no. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, no, I'm going to put Tyon above Lorenzen. Um, so, so Tyon, Lorenzen, uh, Hearn, Manning, Bundy. Wait, no. Bundy. Okay. Um I'm going I think you I think you can argue with with Manning being higher than Hearn because Manning went deeper in the game. Sure. I I can get behind that. I'm actually gonna go Tyone, Lorenzen, Martinez Blackburn, Manning Hearn, Bundy. So a little bit different there. And I'll mm-hmm. signify those uh on on this on the sheet there so people can see that. Um, if they're not meant, if they're doing something like I know when people do something like that, a list mentally, if I'm not looking at it, I'm not going to compute it very well. So I'll have indicators there for how we rank them. And um, who, so your number one is Nick Martinez. So all yes. formats, 10 teamer, would you go get him? I would. Okay. Um, same for me with, with Jamison Tyon and Lorenzen and honestly, maybe even Martinez. So I, I go down all the way to my three guy that I'd probably still go get. I, I would too. I'd go all the way down to Tyon. I think you go get him, especially because guys like Martinez and Blackburn, if they turn back into pumpkins or if Tyon gets hurt again, they're easy cuts. Like Exactly. Um, you know, you can always move on from them in, in your 10-team leagues. So, uh, are, you, yeah. are you cutting somebody like Savali for them? He wasn't particularly strong against KC. And and I'm a Savali guy, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of checking myself yeah. on this one. I was I, pretty, I, I'm pretty sure I had Martinez ranked above Savali coming into the year and okay. I might have had Lorenz and he's and 78 and 78% rostered at ESPN and Yahoo. How is he that much higher? And I'm again, I'm a Savali guy. I love that. He has good whip and ERA. Like the ratios are his calling card. I think there is some strikeout upside, but how is he at 78 when all those guys that we named, even somebody like Tyon who has some track record is so much lower. I, I was I had Lauren Arbach uh, from SB Streamer on on the French Fantasy Benefits podcast last night, and prior to us recording, um, which was a fantastic episode, definitely go check it out. But uh, okay. uh, 
I we were kind of talking about this, and and I kind of and I kind of mentioned is like, you know, um, you know, people who play on ESPN and Yahoo and CBS kind of exclusively, especially, but a lot of people even when I've done like industry mocks or industry leagues on other sites like that, people tend to just follow the set rankings, the order, yep, and. Uh, we know that some of these other leagues aren't very active or as active once season starts. So it's not surprising to see, you know, guys who were buried in the ranks like Martinez and, and Lorenzen, um, you know, not be very wide and Blackburn not be very widely owned while, um, while Savali is extremely overowned. Uh, yeah. Savali should not be rostered. Um, not in that in many leagues, ten, man. I don't think in 10 team formats to begin with. I think he's I think he's in this group though is the thing. I, I don't yeah, I, I think he's he shouldn't be group. rostered, but I think he's in this group. And I'll tell you who I would cut, who I've made a pretty quick pivot on. I'm not even necessarily waiting. Uh I in weekly leagues, obviously I have to wait till this weekend. I'd cut Carlos Hernandez for damn near everybody on this list except for Bundy. Except for Bundy. Yeah. I think I'd cut Carlos this Hernandez. This is a bummer. I've got Carlos Hernandez in the And I do too. Time. And I ignored a stat that I put in my pitching commentary uh, when I did my list about his awful strikeout rate as a starter. I acknowledged it. And I was like, listen, he hasn't had his strikeouts as a starter, but let's see, you know, he's got good stuff. He had 5.9 Ks as a starter, 11.9 as a reliever um, in 58 innings as a starter, 27 as a reliever. And I pointed that out. I was like, but he does have swing and miss stuff. He has good velo, another low strikeout game. His command is already sketchy. I'm making a quick move on Carlos Hernandez in tens and twelves. And again, I'd cut him for everybody on this list, except for Dylan Bundy. Yeah. Unfortunately I only have him in 15. So I can do me much good. I don't know. I'll take a look what, and see what's what about, out there. I mean, some of those guys are going to be available. Paul Black. Nick, yeah. Uh, uh, Michael Lorenzen is available in our main dude. He's definitely a guy I might target. Um, especially if I don't need a starter for next week. Cause like I said, he, because you don't want to use him against that. I don't want to use so, him against Houston. But, but then the question, would you cut, Hernandez for Lorenzen in a 15. It's close. Probably. What, what about Blackburn, probably. who you ranked higher? I think I would, especially if the Saturday start is good. And then Nick Martinez, who you ranked number one. Martinez, I, I, yeah, absolutely. But I was drafting Nick Martinez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was getting drafted, and I think he is rostered in. Yeah, he's rostered in everything, yeah. but but one twelve that I'm in. Mm -hmm. So. He's off to the side there for 12s. But, uh, yeah, Carlos Hernandez, I, I, I'm making the quick decision on him, and I'm, I'm kind of bouncing out. Mm -hmm. uh, my Rotowire spot is going to happen soon, so we can save these hitters for later. We're going to talk about these guys on Friday. We'll have a longer episode on Friday. Um, I started a new morning streaming show where I'm kind of reviewing the box scores. I'm going to start the Tuesday one earlier going forward so that you and I can have more time, and we can always start at 1030 um, because I, I forgot about the Rotowire spot. So I'm sorry for the shorter episode. Definitely on me. But I am recording a guest episode for tomorrow, later today, with our friend Ooh. Clay Link. Very nice. Love Clay. So I'll be having Clay Link on, and that'll go up on Wednesday. So uh, consider that a little bit, uh, you know, making up for the fact that we're basically going 30 minutes here. <laughs> but um, not normally what Justin and I do. We can do, we can do two hours standing on our heads. So we'll be back on Friday talking more baseball. Next episode is tomorrow, Wednesday, with Clay Link. So look out for that. Justin, great talking with you. Until then, peace. Take it easy.